Show, he'll give you that next talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about a Knicks loss. The Knicks played the Pelicans last night and lost a close one, you know, a close one 105 to 113 to the Pelicans. Emmanuel quickly had 24 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Obi Toppin had 10 points and four rebounds. Quentin Grimes finished with 14 points, two assists, and two rebounds. RJ Barrett, though, came back. Came back from sickness and dropped 28 points, seven rebounds, and a team leading six assists on the night. And you know what? Points in the paint was a problem. No Mitch. So, 60 to 46 points in the paint. And points off turnovers are also a problem. Getting back on defense. 22 to 14, the Knicks lose to the Pelicans. But you know what? I, I'm not fifth at this. The Knicks are ready to finish fifth. Everybody came out of that game healthy. And we got to see our guys in more of a meaningful game against NBA starters to really gauge where the team is. And um, we, we saw something today. So we saw something today. And we're going to talk about it. All right. The good, the bad, the ugly. So shout out to everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. And shout out to Google TV as well. If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days. All you gotta do is go to fubutv.com slash KOT. That's fubutv.com slash KOT. And also hit that like button, hit that subscribe button uh, if you enjoy the KOT show. All right, gunshot to you guys. Now I'm gonna introduce you to my guys. All right, let me know if the sound is working because the new setup is, is working on this side now. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Um, like Jealous said, this game really had no impact on the Knicks positioning. You know, the Knicks have the fit seat. That's pretty much locked and settled. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not really too concerned about this game. But, you know, there were some comments going around on Knicks Twitter that I did not like after the game. And we are definitely going to address that later on in the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, you know, it is the Latin assign, assassin, ESP contributor, posting, coast, hosting contributor, dead spin contributor, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? I've been on here all year telling you how much I hate the Dallas Mavs and their fan base. And I think all of Nits Nation now can finally empathize at what I've been talking about for 12 straight months for the b biggest bunch of bums in NBA Twitter. The fan base has been obnoxious. And incessant on that draft pick in the Mavs tank job. And now it seems like Adam Silver has something to say to y'all. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. We'll see what happens. The South continues with the Knicks, Mavs, and the tank. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Before we get into Knicks, Mavs, and the tank, let's get into Knicks, Pelicans, and 
R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett came back today. Mind you, there's no Mitch Robinson. And he looked good, man. He looked good. Two games out. Two games out, um, he looked like around the rim, his touch was there. What what spoke to me, what grabbed me about this game offensively is, you know, sometimes R.J. Barrett has these great games at the rim when there is no rim protection, and he can just bully smaller guys. The Pelicans have a long team. Valanciunas is a legit defensive threat. And he was still able to get to the hole in transition. Uh, he, he was able to kind of bully guys and finish around the rim and still finish left hand, right hand, did with pace, mixed up the pace, went fast, went slow. He played great um, around the rim, but you know, the three point shooting still wasn't really come around for RJ Barrett. And I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring those stats out 28 points. For RJ Barrett, six assists, team leading six assists. Love the passing, love the passing. Seven rebounds, but you see that number zero nine from three. Overall, I love the game. I love the game offensively, anyway, from RJ. But we we just to finish the game off, we wanted a little bit more. So uh, I don't know who who feels in any of the hard to go first and talk about the RJ Barrett game. But what did you think about the game? Whoever wants to go. You know, I'm going to let Lee go first because I feel like Lee probably has a bit more fire in his soul as opposed to me <laughs> when it comes to R.J. Barrett. I'll yeah, just I didn't know who had more fire. As I mentioned a couple months ago, since I lowered my expectations on what R.J. Barrett is going to be, I haven't really been that upset or frustrated with his game. He's still a 22-year-old kid, a baby in NBA years. And babies grow and develop. And I think RJ Barrett is growing and developing in front of our eyes. There are some blatant things that he's really good at. Me and JL disagree a couple episodes ago that I think he's found that one thing that he's elite at at this stage in his career, which is driving to the basket and finishing around the basket. And there's also one thing that he's really, really bad at, which is shooting threes consistently and efficient clip uh, and in an efficient manner in a variety of different ways of releasing at the three point line. I saw a lot of people on Twitter dragging him, wanting him gone, people suggesting that he's an issue uh, issue for the team, an issue that impacts winning and that we should move on from him. I disagree with all of those takes. I've never wanted to trade him uh, for a lateral move or for picks. We either develop him in-house or we include him in a trade for a major star. Uh, He's one of the youngest players on this team and has a really good attitude. I don't know where the prima donna stuff has come from about RJ Barrett and his attitude. I've only witnessed him being a really good teammate um, and lifting lifting up his teammates and taking accountability. He's been taking accountability for his game all the way back to Fisdale year one when he was his starting two guard. So not really sure where all that's or actually starting point guard. Not really sure where all that's coming from. Uh, But, you know, I think the kid has shown that he can really get to the hoop and split defenders, drive into the basket, and it's become a skill we're going to depend on in the playoffs if we were to get past the first round and make a deep playoff run. The 28 points right there, second highest score in the entire game. He outscored CJ McCollum, outscored Brandon Ingram, outscored anyone else on his team. So I think his ability to get to the basket shows that it's an elite, fat, elite ability, and he also chipped in six assists. So saying that he's the reason that the assists dropped from the game, the prior game in Sacramento this game, I don't see that statistically, how that can be any, any sort of reality. Uh, happy to hear, you know, the disagreeing takes and debate them. Wait, wait. 
there's a, there's a, there's a wait. <laughs> wait so there's a theory that the assist dropped because rj barrett played yesterday and he lead the, my, he led the team in assist my big homie unk Tony Banks made a Twitter post that he's now since deleted. I was getting into it with him, with him and uh, Ime Udota side chick on two people who I tend to agree with a lot. And I have a lot of respect for, he made a Twitter post and he claims he didn't insinuate it, but the way it was worded was posing the question of, we had fewer assists with RJ as a team collectively than we did without. So is, does RJ Barrett's usage and minutes factor into those assists depleting because of his presence on the court and i would argue no i think that has more to do with the team that we played uh, against yes. the new orleans the new orleans pelicans and the way that we played collectively offensively and defensively this game compared to sacramento well okay i'm gonna let you go ryan but let me just address that really quickly then, then right. you cannot compare a pelicans team who is a really good team in the West, actually, despite their record. Um, who actually had something to play for. You can't compare that team to a Wizards team who had nothing to play for. They didn't have their starters. They didn't have anybody. It's, it's apples and oranges. You can't compare the two. The Pelicans did a really good job limiting, A, our fast break points, which is how we generated a lot of our assists um the other day um i think we only had about like what eight fast break baskets on the day i can check that number out real quick fast break points um 15 15 to 12 we actually didn't do as bad as i thought um and they just they're really they're really 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 good defensive team with a bunch of long defenders and they made it difficult for for guys to, to get touches they 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 did a phenomenal job so I, that no, i'm sorry the guy led the team in assists and you're blaming him for the lack of assistance it's kind of crazy I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not going to go as far as say that his tweet was that he said that but i i inferred and in, 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 him insinuating that through the tweet or allowing other people to insinuate that because the assists went down with RJ play compared to when he didn't play against Washington. Sorry, it's Sacramento. I had Dallas Mavs on my mind against the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Washington is just not, it's just not as good of a team as the Pelicans where you're playing Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum and actual real NBA players. We were playing the B squad the other day. Like we got to chill out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The B squad of a B squad team. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a little bit crazy. But I'm sorry, I'll move on from that. Ryan G, what do you, I don't know, you had some passion in your heart, too. What did you have to say about the game? Yeah, actually, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, Gels, about the different types of competition, like comparison and the competition that the Knicks played in previous games and this game against the Pelicans. That's going to be one of my arguments later. But regarding RJ Barrett, like, I'm not really sure why this is the game where people decide to really get on RJ Barrett because I'm, because I'm not going to lie. I've, I've been on RJ Barrett this whole season, mainly on the, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. And my argument always has been, okay, if RJ Barrett is going to be that bad defensively, the least he could do is produce on the offensive end to kind of justify him being on the court for him being bad defensively. And in one of these, and, and then this game and in this game, he performed well offensively. 
you know, like if you take away the three-point shots, because we know he, he shot off nine from three. If you take away the three-point shots, with, with, like, okay, so at two-point range, he shot 11 of 16 from the field. That's actually highly efficient. So him going to the basket, which, is, which you, you said, Jails, that that's his strength at the moment, is, is you know, he, he utilized that in the game. And with, the, with Jalen Brunson out, with Julius Randle out, he actually stepped up offensively and provided the Knicks with a spark of offense. And of, then, of course, you know, the six assists as well. You know, he penetrated to the basket and got other guys involved as well and got them easy baskets also. So offensively, his game was really solid despite the all of nine three-point shooting. I understand that because I, I, did, I did see some people talk about, you know, him being back in the court and that may have lowered the assist. And I also saw people getting, back, get on, getting on him for his defensive effort. But my thing is, okay, you want to get on RJ Barrett for defensive effort, but there's also other players on the Knicks who's not that great defensively, but I don't see y'all, but I don't see y'all coming at those same, at those other Knicks players with the same energy you're coming out with RJ Barrett on the defensive end. And I'm not going to name no names right now because this is not me trying to disparage other players to make RJ Barrett look better. But it's, it's just crazy to me because it's like he actually played well offensively yeah, defensively, yeah, he might have slacked a bit, but he's not the only Nick to slack defensively. So to me, it's like for, for people to really get on RJ Barrett for this game, like I don't understand it. Especially for, a game that, especially for a game that meant nothing to the Knicks. Nothing. Yeah. I, I guess here's my thing. Like, okay, so I felt like the, where the game got away from us is the third quarter. The third quarter is where I feel like the real dip defensively had. And who who do we leave? I think we left what, Trey Murphy open for three in like two consecutive plays. And I feel like RJ is supposed to be, be guarding him. And, and I kind of feel like that's where the game kind of got away from us. We had to climb back. And I'm not upset at anybody who's upset at lack of defense. That's I'm not upset at all because I would be too. I already I, I was on this program saying myself, I'm not even calling him the bottom on. His name is is Rowan. I was going to call him Rowan until he played defense, right? Because I, I, was, I was pissed off at the lack of effort for half the season. So I don't, I'm not pissed at that. But I, I, I just feel like, I just feel like there's the extremes that happen with RJ a little bit. Um, After one game, after a two-day layoff, after we clinched the fifth spot already, uh, I just feel like it, it's criticism and then it's like, whoa, then it's the, the Criticism versus I'm treating him because this, this, this is two different things. I, I, I think that's where I get. That's where I kind of draw the line. It's like, we're in a good space now. I don't know if we should be harping off of a meaningless game, trading somebody. Actually completed uh, for the most part. Um, it's, it's kind of insane that, you know, the three of us don't feel strongly united. We're not united in, intensely over a single issue that often. There's usually one of us that kind of, usually me. <laughs> <laughs> the beers one way or the other but we seem to all be in unison on the corny ass tates uh demanding that rj be dumped from the team or move on from rj i, do, I don't understand why at this point in the season as ryan said this is a meaningless literally meaningless game so meaningless tibbs rested mitch didn't let brunson play you know didn't force the issue on any rotations or substitutions and yet there's still people Nick fans find something to complain about where R.J. Barrett, when he's literally one of the youngest players on the team and still developing. Like, it's clear that his game is still 
working itself out because of the inconsistencies and up and down nature of his shot from all three areas of the floor, free throw, mid range and three. It's crazy that, that there's still an incentive to hate on the kid yeah. for him being either. Like, added. I've heard he's fat. He's out of shape. His three ball sucks. He doesn't care. He's a diva. I don't believe any of these things are true. Like the dude's playing 82 games of basketball plus practicing. How can a man be fat? Like the, the dude's in a good shape. He's not skinny like he was. He's put on muscle, but he's still in good shape. Wait, he's fat. I want to be. I want to be RJ fat. That's, that's, that's same. <laughs> I'm the actual fat. RJ Barrett's not fat. <laughs> it's an absurd take. Man, I've seen some really the, RJ and Randall of all the Knicks. Those two really receive a lot of uh, undeserved criticism. People are still stuck in that early 2000s, you know, cycle of hate because of team sets and they're willing to, they're trying to find something bad about, about players when there's critiques, but not just like running them through the ground, man. And that the personal attacks and all that is like, it's, it's washed. It's a bad take. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But shout, yeah. shout out to the, shout out to the, to, to the chat and the people who can see the frost from the trees. And hopefully if you don't see the frost from the trees, we, we swayed you the other way. All right. Um, anything, well, one <laughs> thing about RJ too, I keep seeing these big games without Randall and Brunson. I keep going back to, man, maybe the touches, maybe the ball in his hands, maybe that's a big reason why we don't see the jump we want. Like, he fit, you know what I mean? He Maybe he just needs the ball more to see what he has. And... Listen, the playoffs are coming. I keep talking about Julius Randle. You know, we're not sure. He's supposed to be reevaluated re the game before the playoffs. So RJ might be getting more looks and more touches the first playoff game or two. Um, so he might have to show up. We actually might need him to actually really play well uh, versus the Cavs. Um, so even the next game, I, I feel like RJ might play most of the next game. I can see that happen. Mm. All right. Yo, salute to the chat. Um, if you want to call in, you can. Only thing is, for some reason, um, you're not going to be able to hear, hear Lee and Ryan. So, yeah, I'll pretty much be talking to me and I have to relate it to them. But 319-527-6241, uh, 319-527-6241. If you're in a call in and talk Knicks basketball um, with your boys at the KOT show. Um, but let's talk about, I also want to talk about something else. Um, quickly, I, also, I want to talk about quickly and the bride dynamic. And I also want to talk about Obi. Because those are the things I'm looking at right now that I can see can have an effect in the playoffs, um, at least the OB thing, anyway. Less, less, more about the OB and less, and less about the quickly. But um, once again, man, quickly, if you didn't know already, quickly is really good. I'm not, <laughs> quickly, quickly is really, really, really good. This is one of those games where if Tibbs was really Tibbing, like he wanted to, like he's used to tipping, quickly would have played 42 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> quickly would have played 42 minutes. Because quickly had 15 points in 12 minutes in the first quarter. 
second quarter comes, he pretty much sits the entire second quarter. <laughs> and as he was sitting, McBride was trying to, you know, get into the rhythm. He only played five minutes before. McBride didn't really shoot or play well um, until maybe a lot later in the game. Um, but quickly is undoubtedly a, a starter in this league. 24 points. 60% from three, 47% from the field, only two assists. Um, but I credit the two assists to the way the Pelicans were playing him because it's different now. The scouting report is out. And they're playing, they're playing, they're definitely playing quickly like they're starting to play Brunson now. Because quickly was getting double teamed and trapped in areas of the floor. Um, all night long and still managed to score 24 points over minor slip-ups. Um, I saw him, they were trying to trap him quickly. We were trying to move to open spaces to move uh, to, to get to teammates, and sometimes the angles weren't there. The Pelicans did a really good job defending quickly, but at the end of the day, quickly still scored 24, and he probably could have had another th uh, 39, really, if... if if uh, Tibbs played him the whole minute, all the minutes that uh, he might have wanted to actually play him. But um, what do you guys, what do you think, uh, Lee, about the tip, but about the quickly dynamic and maybe even the quickly McBride dynamic? Because it seemed like McBride um, struggled a little bit. Yeah, he's been struggling for a couple of games. Uh, McBride, uh, really, I mean, since TJ McConnell took them against Indiana. But quickly, I think it's going to be the X factor in the playoffs. I think he's probably going to be the single most important player in us making a deep playoff run. Because to some point, Tibbs is going to have to allocate the usage rate and play calling that he's doing for RJ Barrett right now to quickly. You know, I've I think all three of us have pretty open and honest criticisms of, of RJ Barrett's limitations, and I think we would all three agree that Emmanuel Quick was a better player than RJ Barrett. I certainly think yeah. so. Uh, present and future. And I think that he's going to have to take over that third best player role in the playoffs. And there's going to be a series that we're going to depend on him, maybe more than any other player in order for us to advance. Um, I think he has a potential to, to average 25 in a playoff series and also the potential to be a lead, lead and assist in a playoff series as well. Uh, he's our best facilitator, our best primary defender and our most reliable three point threat. Um, so I, I, I'm a huge fan. This is a year that I fully jumped into the hive uh, but I've always been a supporter. Oh, yes. My dad's been such a hater <laughs> over the last couple of years that I, you know, I just I wanted to be the devil's advocate and defend the kid because again, these kids are very young and they're kids, and we're, we're the youngest team with a winning percentage uh, in the playoffs right now. So I think we always need to keep that in mind for perspective and when we're judging these players and their abilities. Uh, but I, I love Quickly's effort, and I liked how a bad game, similar to RJ, doesn't seem to weigh him down too much and his ability to bounce back. And he's been a really consistent presence as a starting point guard in Brunson's absence, not just offensively, but defensively too. And I think he's one of the guys you can depend on that when we start losing a lead or a team makes a, a consistent run, a 10-0 run, a 14-0 run, he's going to be the guy that hits a, a really big three to to stop the momentum and allow the Knicks to have an opportunity to claw their way back. So he's he's clutch, he's consistent, and he's an absolute dog. And I'm, I'm really blessed that we have him and we need to throw the bat at him this summer. Yeah, we we got to be careful. He's absolutely to me. I, I I'm I said it earlier. He's the the third best player on the Knicks for me unequivocally. When you look yeah. about the the offense, the defense, the efficiency, Agreed. and 
when you look at how the game is going and you and your gut isn't you know turning when he has the ball at the end of the games because he's proven himself and done things over and over again without making certain mistakes so for me he's unequivocally the third best player and yep. on on top of that we cannot have a Jalen Brunson situation in our own backyard like the Dallas Mavericks had. Dallas Mavericks had the opportunity to lock up Jalen Brunson for $54 million, um years before. He was a free agent. Quickly, we we're in this same situation. It's probably not even going to be 54. It's probably going to be a, a hundred and something, to be honest with you. And really, he is our third best player. So I, I would even blame the Knicks for playing him. But we have to take care of business this summer and not allow that man to walk out the door. All right. Yep. 100%. All right. Ryan G, I, I know what you got a lot to say. Yeah. So, you know, sixth man of the year quickly is definitely going to be an X factor going into the playoffs because, you know, him and Josh Hawk coming off the bench are basically like huge plus minus. They're, they're huge plus minus guys where when they come into games, they impact the game on such a high level. It allows the Knicks to either increase leads or get back into the game with those two guys on the court. And quickly is definitely going to be one of those X factors for the Knicks going into the playoffs, you know, in a few days. But overall in this game, he's definitely one of the few bright spots for mm-hmm. the Knicks in this game. 24 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 6 of 10 from three. You know, the two assists, like you said, it's because of the, of the defense that the Pelicans were playing. You know, you're going against a team that's actually playing for something, who's actually playing for positioning in the upcoming playoffs. And they're a good defensive team with long guys like Trey Murphy, um, Herb Jones, and guys like that, where, you know, they're going to give you hell on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, so quickly played pretty well tonight. Like, he was definitely one of the few bright spots. And, 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 and you know, like, like we've been saying, like we've been giving this guy a whole lot of credit all this whole season. You know, he's definitely turned around what I thought about him, you know, his first season with the Knicks, you know, he's definitely proven me wrong on in many ways. And this guy's going to definitely be a weapon for us going into the postseason. And yeah, he, Knicks really do need to lock him up because he's definitely an essential part of the team right now. Yeah. He, he doesn't have any weaknesses. Go ahead. I was just saying he doesn't have any weaknesses, but it doesn't matter if you throw a length on him or size or you force him the perimeter or you force him into mid range shots. He, he can hit from anywhere. There's, there's not a clear cut way to stop him or steam against him. Yeah. The only weakness you can really say is defensively, if you put like a huge guard on him, he might have a problem. But even in those instances, he seems to still find a way to be effective. Um, So like he really does a good job of minimizing his weaknesses in in general with with his activity level and his length and just the way he studies the game. So he's, he's, he's really good at that. Um, yo, actually, I caught up and I actually caught you guys post game heat show, and y'all talked about something I actually wanted to address. Tell them, I see you. Tell them right after this topic, you come in with the smoke. All right, I see you in the phone. Tell them, um, Emmanuel quickly. Y'all said you wanted Emmanuel quickly to start because you know he wants a starting role, and. I kind of feel like at this point, the, the, the way this team is currently constructed, I feel like we still need him off the bench, even though he is an NBA caliber starter. Like I, I think we just need that ball movement, that that 
that that guy who can organize the offense off the bench. I kind of feel like Lumi might be lost or, or if he was brought in to, to start. Unless you plan to, to have Grimes really embrace the point guard role or because I'm not sure McBride is, is, is taking steps good. He's taking steps, right? He goes forward a little bit, he goes back a little bit. But I'm not sure if he's there yet to, to say I can command attention and run the second unit. Because the last game and the game before, you know, it was a little bit shaky when McBride was in the game. If we make a deep playoff run, if we do have a second round, I think Leon Rose is going to recognize that this team has a chance to win it all next year if he adds a couple pieces. And if we did to the second round, I think R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and a combination of draft capital is going to be moved for a true starting small forward. Someone who has, when I say true, I mean a, a star player. I really believe that's going to happen if we get to the second round. And if that's the case, start IQ and just get a Caruso. I mean, you, you'll have the ability and the free agents will want to come to you to, to bring in a backup point guard in free agency or via trade. I think it'll be easier to find that tertiary ball handler than it will be to replace IQ. And uh, part of the negotiations with his agent and him is probably going to want a starting role. That's what other teams are going to offer him. That's the X factor that a Miami Heat has or any other team that is going to go after him is we can offer you a starting position. So when it's, if that comes to that, start him with Brunson. Do a small backcourt. It's worked for Cleveland. We've seen it work before historically. And I think it can work with, with him and Brunson and uh, a, a badass small forward at the three and Grimes off the bench. Um, so there's possibilities there. And luckily, even the Nets are finally in a position to have some maneuvering and have options done this summer. Yeah, and I just want to add something to that because I agree with JLS from the standpoint of, of the way the roster is currently constructed. Mm-hmm. I would much rather quickly come off the bench. I would not insert him into the starting lineup with this, like with this roster we have at the moment. I agree, like, because the way Cleveland does it with two small guys in the backcourt, they at least have somebody at the three and have two front guard guys that play defense. And right now, RJ Barrett's defensive skill set is not good enough for me to want to go to small backcourt. So that's why I would rather Grimes there at the two, who's a defensive guy, rather than have quickly start there at the two and have a small backcourt with a guy at the three who's not really a great defender. So I would probably t- I'll change my mind on that if the Knicks actually get a three, like a starting three who can actually defend. Then because then you'll have guys in the front court who can defend it. Then you can get away with a small backcourt. Then you can insert quickly in there. But at the, but as the roster is currently constructed, I would not insert quickly into the starting lineup. And I would rather him come off the bench. Right. I see people saying uh, angling for Jimmy Grant. Yeah, we be talked about Jer- Jeremiah Grant a lot on this show, um, for sure. I'm a big Jeremiah Grant fan. Um, I would love Jeremiah Grant here for sure. Me too. Um, it, it's just the backup, the point, the backup minutes. I mean, unless you kind of stack, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not stack the minutes. You, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stagger the minutes. Unless you stagger the minutes, that quickly run the backboard too, the or something like that. Kind of what they do with RJ. That's the only thing I could kind of say in my mind, anyway. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, well, well, let's get to the phones right now. Shout out to the guys. The number is 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. If you want to call in, dial that number. And please don't forget to hit the like button. It helps the algorithms push us, push us up so people can watch our stuff. Um, nigga time show. We do post-game shows. We usually do it right after the game. 
Today, we're doing it differently. We're deciding to change the model a little bit and do the Friday games on Saturday and give you a chance to watch us while you're not tired and want to party and stuff after a game. All right. So shout out to you guys uh, for watching the show. If it's your first time watching, I hope you're enjoying the show. We're here after every game and we will be here tomorrow after the game to wrap up the season. Okay. Um, next caller up, we got our man, Hello, who got something to say about the Dallas man. What's going on, Tim? Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Testing, testing. Testing. Two, hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellis? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Even though you can't hear me, truth telling me, and stats and facts, Ryan G. Shout out to everybody <laughs> enjoying the KOT show. So, boom, check this out. First things first, I just want to tell Jay Ellis that I like the time switch up for certain games. You can't get it in at night. I don't mind the time switch up at all. You feel me? Second of all, boom. Before I enter Mark Cuban, I want to talk about the last Knicks game that we had because my boy, the Canadian beast, baby, my Canadian yard man, Rowan Alexander Barrett Jr. I like the vision, baby, the vision. I like some of the sexy packs that he had, and I hope that he continues to excel as a playmaker, especially, I believe, if not yes. the third quarter, I believe it's the fourth quarter, around the eight-minute mark, that backdoor cut by Evan Fournier. Holy yes. Boom, shout out to my boy IT. was mad excited to see a player develop the way that he's developing. Oh, they told him he couldn't play PG. He's excelling at PG. They said, oh, Tig, not going to play him. He don't got no green defense. He improved as a defenseman. He was known only as a shooter initially. Then you saw, oh, damn, he got a teardropper game. But now he's scoring on all three levels. It's just mad exciting to see a player like that going into the playoffs now where he can leave a mark and show, hey, this is why y'all ain't trading. So I'm excited about that. But this is not why I call, ladies and gentlemen. I call because there's some bum in Texas. We're talking about Dallas. We're talking about the trash Dallas Cowboys. But we ain't talking about those bums today. We're talking about some bum named Mark Cuban. Some bum named Mark Cuban. Well, basically, he's doing this. He is telling his team to sell, to give up. After giving up his, his future, mortgage than his future, to try and win now, to try and take away the defense, Dorian Finney-Smith. Take away the defense and add extra firepower, the firepower that he allowed us to steal and is complaining about it, right, which is Jalen Breezy, my knees. He wanted to add firepower, Kyrie Irving, and now he's in a position where they can play and try and get in scrap and claw and try and get it to the end. And what does he do? He says, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to observe the fact that I'm hating on the team that has my draft pick. They're in a position to get my draft pick. I'm in a position to be spiteful and keep my draft pick. So I'm going to purposely lose this game. Mm. And that don't make no dang sense. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because obviously the trade, the trade they're going to trade, you have a player, Luka Doncic, who was two wins away from getting to the finals. Who yeah. knows what would have happened if he would have went against the Boston Celtics? True. And then you have a player also in Luka where the time, the, the clock is ticking. He's not going to be happy about stuff like this. Nope. He's not going to be happy about losing. He is an emotional player who at times is a crybaby. Obviously, the talent is high, but he's a crybaby. What do you think he's going to feel about this? He's going to feel like, I want to dip. And what do you think he's going to want? Teams like the Knicks, teams who compete for no reason. Look at the game that we just lost. We just played our guys. Everybody's <laughs> not playing guys. But Coach Tibbs certainly is. You know how Coach Tibbs is. RJ, 40 minutes. IT 40 minutes. OB, 40 minutes. You know how he is. So at the end of the day, I look at what Mark Cuban is doing. I'm extremely disgusted. I was just speaking with Goat Mod Fritz, and we were basically talking about, yo, we hold the NBA strip some of their first-round draft pick. The same draft pick that they're trying to protect and keep and try and get in the win by Yama's sweepstakes. The same way how... 
They stole our second-round pick for Jalen Breezy. They need to take their first-round pick. Now, even if the Knicks don't get awarded that first-round pick, so be it. But I want to see something done. I agree. What I saw yesterday was complete BS, okay? Agree. Screw Mark Cuban. The hell with them. And Southside Knicks, we going into the playoffs with mad momentum. Ohio, y'all about to be a pack. I just wanted to say, because I was seeing on Twitter for a few weeks, Ohio fans was overlooking us. Talking about, oh, what they're going to do in the second round. What they're going to do in the third round. And I was looking at my phone like, am I bugging? Don't they have to play against the Knicks in the first round? Facts. No LeBron, no problem. We're going to show Danny Ainge why we didn't give up IQ, Optimus Prime, the Deuce is loose, Obezy, my knees, Yoga Coppin, Big Mitch, and RJ Barrett. That's good. Bad picks and pick swaps. That's right. We're going to show you We're going to show y'all. I can't wait. Like my boy Park Scott. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I'll start off. I'll show y'all. Come on now. Let's go show y'all, man. We ain't giving up IQ. I wish I had IQ and RJ right now. All right? Superman, nice. yeah. Obi Toppin. Optimus Grimes out here. Bad Knight had 14 points on a bad night on good shooting. On a bad night. Shout out to Optimus Grimes. Mark Cuban is who NBA fans think James Dolan is. Hmm. He actually is it. He's the leader of the biggest poverty franchise in the NBA. Luka Doncic will be gone from the Mavs in less than two years. Kyrie Irving will walk this summer, as will Christian Wood. And Luka Doncic will be playing with it. You think the bums are bad this year? It's going to be seven-foot plumbers and taxi drivers next year. It's going to be the worst roster in the NBA, and Doncic is going to demand out. Yeesh. Look at him. Look at Gunshots on that. Gunshots on that. Yeesh. Oof. I, I, you mean I wholeheartedly agree about worst fan base because, after all, the Cowboys played there. So, yeah, their, their fan base sucks. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find my words here. <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. Um, listen, Luka Doncic. When you got you, we have guys that Luka Doncic's caliber. Those type of guys are competitors. So I can't imagine throwing games sits well with guys like that. Nope. So even though tanking might be in their mind the right thing to do in the moment so they can get to keep their pick, they shorten their timeline to turn that ship around in Dallas by doing that for sure. Because now there's less grace now that you chose a tanking route. So for Dallas, they better get it together next season or it's going to be rough for Luca. Um they have Kyrie Irving there maybe they try to sign and trade him or something, I don't know. But that's the only kind of real shit they have. Really. Um yep. really 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 cuz they don't have picks, they don't have players that Kyrie Irving, they just they just have to hope that Kyrie Irving plays ball and wants to shine and sign and trade. Cuz if, if he yeah. just walks then I mean, maybe they can sign people after that, but that's, I don't know. This yeah, they're expected to have, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. They're expected to have $50 million in available cap space this summer, but Kyrie says the minimum he wants to sign for is $50 million. 
So if they re-sign him, then that means Dwight Powell, Frank Nielakina, and there's another free agent that I'm missing. Can't remember who the other guy is. They're not going to be able to re-sign those guys. So they're going to be able to, to give out veteran minimum contracts to fill the rest of the roster. You're looking at an even worse roster next year that didn't even make the playoffs this year. So I don't know how they plan on building around Luka when the options just aren't there. Right. Yeah. So they, they might have to sign Kyrie out of desperation and it's still not going nowhere if Kyrie's all about the money. They're just in a bad. They down bad right now. They down bad. They down really bad. So they they over here joking about keeping their pick. But long term, y'all should not be laughing at us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but great job. Great call. Tell them. Um, but yo, salute to the chat. I see we have another call in. Joe from Atlantic City. What's going on, Joe? Let me know what you think, yo, sir. Yo, what's, what's going on, man? Hey, Jalen. How we doing? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain. Um, yeah, I saw that you guys had quickly posted, so I wanted to call in about that. Um, I really feel like we need to, um, in the offseason, we need to keep quickly. I know there's going to be a lot of talk surrounding his name. There's going to be a bunch of trade rumors, and maybe the Knicks will even think it will be smart for them to trade him because of his value. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like we really should keep him even if his value is super high and other teams want him. Right. You know, I think something with his contract, like I think he's done with us this year. Like we need to re-sign him. But I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough money for it or whatever with the contracts, but if we do, we definitely need to do quickly. He's just such a good player. He's a good role player, six man. He's just like tool of all trades. Yeah. He reminds me of like, uh, he kind of reminds me of like Derek Jeter a little bit, but I don't know. That's like trying to make a comparison. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. But, I, um, but yeah, man, I mean, quickly, uh, I just remember watching this team when he was like developing and like starting out with us and like what he's turned into, man. And it's just, it's really special. It really is. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this playoffs to watch him. And I know Brunson right now, like he's a little injured. We're definitely going to use them in that position, like that point guard position. Um, but yeah. he can definitely do other things too. Like I don't, I don't really feel like we can just use him as a point guard. Like I feel like we could use him as, you know, just like a, like a sharp shooter, just making threes for us. And that's just another reason why I think we should keep him is because of his ability to do so much different things. His ability yep. to rebound the ball and play defense is like, like who else is doing that? You know? No. Nah. You're right. And, and the, the crazy part is, you know, even combining quickly with Brunson and Stance, even though defensively might not be ideal um, for a large stretch, offensively, you give teams fits when you have got both guys who can play on and off the ball at the same time. They're kind of interchangeable. Uh, they can, he can play point guard, he can play shooting guard, and he can, and he can rebound. And on top of that, like the way he studies the game, you can he he's a director out there. And I've been saying this for a year, and then Fred Cass kind of wrote about it. But even last night, when they was making their comeback, Pelicans are running out of bounds plays. And you see quickly directing traffic, telling people where to go. You go here, you go to here. He sits down and he studies Pelicans playbooks on offense and defense. So he, he does his homework, and guys like that 
who are gym rats, who are videotape rats, who are confident, who are natural born leaders. You, you can't let those guys out the door. Uh, we got to we got to keep. Them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what? I'm going to make my final point because this is really what I wanted to get to when it comes to quickly. You know, we just saw what happened with Jalen Brunson and the Mavericks. Like, they let Brunson just walk right out the door, and then another team just – Yeah, we talked know, about that earlier before you came in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? We need to learn from the Mavs mistakes in the regards – you know, we need to keep our players. So. Yeah. And I'm just saying right now, for me, that's like a really hard thing for a team to do. And if there's one player that we would do it for, I would say it would be quickly over RJ or any other player, even Ovi. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, we're gonna need to, we're gonna need to make a trade soon, and you know who's, it's gonna be who, who are we picking? Is it gonna be Obi that goes RJ? I think right now the fan base is saying RJ, but we'll see how it goes. I'm picking quickly. So that was my main point. Thanks for letting me call, guys. Go Knicks. All right, sure go Knicks. Go Knicks. Share this video. We need to get Jay Ellis more, you know, people watching this. You know, I've been watching Jay Ellis for forever. Let's get him more followers and subscribers. Thanks for letting me call, guys. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the call. Uh, I see Gamer Channel said, um, thank you, Gamer Channel. I want to mention that, but it escaped my mind. D-Rose, D-Rose and Fournier contracts will be, be coming off. D-Rose, for sure, we have the team option on D-Rose. So I think that's, uh, what is that, $14 million coming off? I think I'm going to open yeah, about. Huh? About. Yeah. Almost. About, yeah. I, I think that's about 14 million coming off. Um, um Evan, though, we have another year of Evan. We have another year of Evan. So he's an expiring coming next summer. So we'll be able to move him more next summer. But then we also have shoot, we also have uh Hartenstein, but I'm I'm pretty sure the Knicks are interested in keeping Hartenstein. This point. Um all right. All right. Next caller. Um no, I want to talk about Hartenstein a little bit too and Grimes, and then we can wrap it up after that. Um unless you guys also have stuff to talk about. But Fritz, you want to add something to the conversation? I know you said you wanted to call call in. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? Yeah, I just, Yo. I just wanted to I just wanted to add to the conversation. I know a lot of people are, are talking about, hey, let's keep quickly. Let's... I, I just don't – I see him most likely leaving this summer, and not that there's anything wrong with quickly, but this new CBA is dynasty averse. So just the way you see um, Golden State where they have their guys and they, they could just pay their guys endlessly as long as they're guys, that, those days are good. They're done. They want a new. They want a new champion every year. They want you to stay near the cap, at the cap. I think the Knicks, the Knicks can't can't guarantee quickly a starting job. They can't guarantee that they won't trade him. So why wouldn't he take the most amount of dollars? And I think that's elsewhere. I think other teams. I think what he's shown, other teams will give the Knicks a lot for him. And they will pay him handsomely. Like if he went somewhere else, um, the place I mostly think is Houston. Houston would pay him thirty million a year easy and wouldn't blink. Would not blink. Yeah. And I don't think Knicks are in that 
category where you could just say, hey, we can give him $30 million. Yeah. And not define his role. Like, he's a backup. And if he's a starter, you can't say, hey, we're not going to trade you in the future. So why wouldn't he take – why wouldn't he go to a place that prioritizes him? And I don't think the Knicks can prioritize I mean – that's 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 always been the fear that a team can come over and pay him more, and that's absolutely um, can happen. Especially, listen. I mean, the Knicks have to Knicks have to trade him. Like he he can't walk until. Well, he can't even he can't walk until. I think it's, I think it's next summer. It's not even this summer. It's next. Summer. Yeah, not even this summer. But I'm just saying, if if he's you know, you got to think about it like a regular job. Hey, you're not gonna put yourself with. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make less, and they're gonna trade me later. Uh, uh-uh. like he wants, he wants to, he wants, he he should want the best for himself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, I mean, do you think the Knicks, if he if he came down to it, do you think the Knicks would make him the highest paid Nick? No, I don't think they'll make him the highest paid Nick. I do feel like I'm not sure if they'll give him thirty. I don't think they will give him thirty. But I think they will give him mid. I feel like they will give him mid twenties, mid to yeah. high twenties. Or if they do give him thirty, I feel like it will be a descending thirty, where it'll be like, yeah, like how they they'll give him thirty for like a year, and they have his contract to send Kanala uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, because that's like, I, I do feel like uh, our capologists. Knicks will. I feel like the Knicks will overpay to keep quickly if they feel like it. It just won't be a four-year overpay. It'll be like a one-year overpay. I can see them doing something like that. Um, because that's just okay. what they've been doing. That's just what they've been doing. The starting thing, though, is always going to be the push-pull. That's really what. It, that's always gonna. That's that's gonna depend on the RJ and the Grimes and. Tibbs situation, like that's really if we give him the money and he's not the starting and he doesn't start, I can see him saying no as well. But we'll we'll see what happens. Hope the Knicks are able to keep him. It can go either way. I'm not gonna hold you. It can go either way. All right. Thanks for calling, Fritz. Yep, facts. All right. Shout out to Parish Duggar gets a two dollars. It's two years from now, we'll dictate. What to do with IQ? Yeah, we still gotta have a little bit of time. I I wouldn't wait till the last minute to negotiate. I would start negotiation as soon as possible and try to lock. I try to lock him in early for sure. I try to lock him in early. I would not do no Jalen Brunson situation for sure. Um, yep, for sure. And sorry, Derrick Rose, you gotta go. <laughs> and this is crazy to say, but for the first time in my fandom, I'm not worried about it. Uh, we've had some really inept people. And running the team in the front office. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of faith in Leon Rose. I like the fact that we have the best cap- capologist in the game and Brock Dower in this in the position that he needs to be in to help us strategize and maneuver around these upcoming impending free agents, you know, our young guys. So I feel really good about that. We've signed everyone to value deals, which means at some point in negotiations, Leon and World Wide West are using their their intel and their relationships to get guys to buy in at, at slightly lower than market value, uh, at least in terms of what they end up playing to the contract. And RJ, Randall, and Brunson are on good deals. So is Hartenstein. So is Mitch. I think that uh, eventually IQ will be as well. 
I hope so. It's, it's usually two people negotiating. If one person is not on the same page, then everything goes. <laughs> so I, be, I do believe the front office will do everything they can to keep them in house. But it's Me just too. that um, does quickly want the same thing. That's that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, young guys usually go for the bag. I've said I've said that for years about other players before we had a chance to talk say it about my own players. Young players under 26, 27, under 26, 27, they're going for the bat. Bag first. Most yep. most of the time. Um those are your prime years to get your money, especially right after you coming in off of your rookie deal, for the most part. RJ has been a kind of an anomaly. Um actually freaking even Julius Randall has been a little bit of an anomaly, to be honest with you. Um so yeah. All right. All right, yo, I still want to touch on little things, but I kind of touched on before. Um Obi Toppin. I want to talk about Obi Toppin's minutes. Um and his role going forward. Because I felt like this game kind of showed you what we can possibly expect in the playoffs if Julius Randle isn't back game one and game two. Uh, Ob, I feel like Ob Toppin will start. Ob Toppin played how many minutes? I think he played. He played twenty-four minutes. Go ahead, Ryan G. He played twenty-seven minutes. Twenty-seven minutes. Okay, twenty-six point thirty-four minutes. Josh Hart played thirty-three minutes. Um, more importantly, the closing. The closing squad last night was pretty much IQ in all small forwards. You know, <laughs> it was IQ, Grimes, RJ, Josh Hart playing power forward, and Hartenstein. So I just want to get y'all prepared. That's going to be closing. That might be closing the lineups for the playoffs. Yeah. Depending on how OB is playing. You know, I mean, the game before, Obi was going off, getting into the fast break, causing havoc, step back threes. Ah, ah, ah. He's he's playing over thirty minutes. If he's a little bit off, if the defense isn't there all the way, Josh Hart's closing. So I just want you guys to be prepared about to, about that um, when it comes to the play. Um, yeah, right. and uh, there was something I wanna, there is something I want to add about Obi because. You see, this is why when Knicks fans overreact over one game, this is why I say sometimes that they need to chill and they need to calm the hell down. Because the last game Obi played against the Pacers, the Pacers were a B team. That was a B team out there. A 34 and a 34 win team putting out their B players. And Obi goes off like that. Yeah. And then you see Obi yeah. against a team that's actually playing for something and playing their A players, trying to get positioning in the playoffs, and Obi's held to only 10 points on 4-9 shooting from the field in 27 minutes. For those, play- for those Knicks fans, I was so quick to say, let's trade Julius Randle, Obi has arrived. Do you see what I'm talking about now? Because if Julius Randle was out there for 27 minutes against the Pelicans, do you think he would have only scored 10 points and get four rebounds? Do you honestly think that? All-star Julius Randle, who averaging... 
almost 26 a game and getting 10 rebounds a game. Do you think he would have had a game like that? This is why I'm out here like Kooji and telling these Phoenix fans to settle down because <laughs> I'm like, yo, you cannot overreact over one damn game and be like all of a sudden, yeah, let's get Julius Randle out of here because Obi has a right because look, Obi plays against great competition last night and he's limited. This is what I talk about. Don't overreact over one game. Yeah. And Great. let me build on that statement from Ryan. So, Obi's game versus Randall's game, right? Obi's game, very free-flowing. Very, I'm getting my buckets in transition. I started off the this post-game talking about the Pelicans got back on defense. They were not letting Obi get those transition buckets off. They were back on defense, so that really cut his buckets off. Um, second of all, Obi did actually do a pretty good job getting some buckets. The step back three was really nice. Stood out to me. Uh, he kind of showed some small forward skills. He had some, he, he took somebody off the dribble and went to the lane. I actually liked how he went to the lane a few times last night. So I actually liked what Obi did even in his limited limited minutes offensively. I don't feel like he played bad offensively. Um, might, might have struggled a little bit defensively. Um, guarding CJ McCollum one-on-one wasn't a good look when CJ ISOed him and kind of bullied onto the basket. But offensively, you know, he did pretty well. But in situations like this, right, when you have Randall who has a big body, you can get two to the ball when Randall's in the game and he can make the game easy for everybody else. And when Randall's in the post, he can kick out and he get a lot more open looks. And this is one of those games where it might've helped to have a Randall post up um, in the game versus the OB, uh, a OB in the game was free flowing. That for OB to be able to do that, he probably have to, that, that for OB to be able to get two on the ball, he probably have to do a lot more what he did last night in that instance when he was taking somebody off the dribble. Like, if he's able to take somebody off the dribble more consistently like that, then it, the game changes a little bit. Then they have to pay more attention, and then they have to double him. Um, then he can pass it all. But until that happens, um, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. And, hey, who knows? Maybe in the future he develops that part of his game and – Teams will be more likely to double him if he can get that part of his game more developed. But that's the that's the value of Julius Randle on offense versus uh Obi on offense. All right. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pin, I'm not trying to pit Julius Randle versus Obi versus Obi Top. And it's just that some Knicks fans just overreact over one game and trying to devalue another player when it's like, yo, this player has not developed to where he's able to take over a starting position from an all-star player. And I'm like, and I'm just saying, you cannot overreact over one game like that, especially a player who's been consistent all season, dropping nearly 26 and 10 all season. And he's an all-star player who you can more depend on to get you buckets when needed. And I'm, and I mean, damn, I, I mean, I rarely agree with Sherwin, but Sherwin has a damn point. Like there was a play in the game that disgusted me when, Obi Toppin allowed CJ McCollum to back him up in the paint and get an easy bucket on him in the paint. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, that would not be Randall. So it's like, come on now. But 
Overall, like, you know, offensively, like, Obi Toppin did not play bad, despite the fact he only had 10 points. But I just want to, but I just want to make that point because some Knicks fans really be wilding out here. <laughs> wilding. CJ McCollum is not posting up Randall. Like, that's, that's not going to Hell no. That's <laughs> not going to Um, I see we got a super chat. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get the gunshots. I see we got a super chat. $2 super chat. This is Obi and Grimes deferred to RJ who took their shots. I hate those choice of words, man. <laughs> I hate the took their shots. I hate that. I hate those choice of words. Um, and I'll say if RJ took bad shots, I would use the word took their shots. But I don't feel like RJ took bad shots yesterday. Um, um, the, maybe the threes, he could have chose not to take a, as much as many threes. Um, with the exception of the last three, I felt like in that situation, that last three he took in the fourth quarter is absolutely a three he had to take, considering how hard quickly worked to get that open shot for that team. But I feel like, I feel like took their shots is like chucker, chucker language. I don't feel like he really chucked yesterday. That's just my opinion. Uh. And salute to Jay Boogie. He says, big time win for the squad last night, going toe-to-toe with a thirsty, desperate team, fighting for the play-in, and we didn't have a full roster big ups. Shout out to Jay Boogie. Uh, Jay Boogie's dropping some new music, too, so definitely got to check out JB's new music. Um, Jay Boogie, I'm going to play that point guard song when when Jalen Brunson comes back, especially if you win and playing the point guard song, all right? (laughs) So shout out to Jay Boogie. Definitely support my brother Jay Boogie in the chat. All right. Alright. Um, also, yeah, shout out to Hartenstein too. And we, we and you know what? We can talk about Hartenstein if you want to. Um, I just love the way that he's passing. I'm gonna end this show by yep. saying this. Shout out to Tibbs. We've criticized him all season for not using utilizing Hartenstein as a passer and it baffled us because Tibbs had Joakim Noah for years and he's the guy who unlocked Joakim Noah. So it just seemed like a natural fit that he would unlock Hartenstein. And I do feel like times when Deuce was in the game and offense was getting away from him sometimes, I felt like he was able to lean on Hartenstein to produce some offense for us a little bit. Um, so shout out to Hartenstein and the, the squad and Tibbs for kind of unleashing that part of his game. And I think I, I want to see more of that in the playoffs as well. Keeps us unpredictable. It draws those bigs out the paint and it gives our guards, uh, um, you know, more angles to just not just be setting people up, but just be a finisher and making simple layups. So shout out to Hartenstein who offensively developed, defensively fouled a lot, but you know, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. Shout out to you guys, too. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say? Do you guys want to talk about anything else? Anything else to get off your chest, Ryan G or Lee Escobedo? Nah, just a broad pick. <laughs> what is your bro? I already know what your broad pick is, but I'm just going to humor myself. Lee. Shout, shout out Adam Silver. 
for opening up an investigation to the Dallas Mavericks' egregious and disgusting tank job oh, last yes. night against the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Uh, it has it's remained to be seen what that disciplinary action is going to be. They're investigating not only their decision to sit their players, but their rotational substitution patterns throughout the game, most specifically why Markeith Morris and, and Jaden Hardy did not play the entire second half. Uh, and he pretty much had two guys on two-way contracts finishing the fourth quarter when they were up by 14. He lost a lead, blew the lead, and uh, lost a game and secured their 10th pitch in the draft. So either they take the pitch away from them, they remove the protections, they eliminate all together. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but yeah, I love that Mark Cuban has pissed off Adam Silver so many times over the last couple of years. Silver has had enough of it, and it looks like he's going to uh, piss him off that which is awesome for us nit fans and i'm very happy that everyone here in our community is finally seeing what an unbelievably insufferable fan base and organization the mavs are so listen remove those protections man if yep. by some some miracle even if we don't get the pick if they just take the pick from the mavs <laughs> just out of pain is some celebrating Yo, you know what, what would be hilarious, though? That the fact that they have, by lottery, um, by the lottery um, probability that they have the 10th pick, it would be so hilarious that when the lottery comes, they drop in the lottery, and that pick still goes to the Knicks. I would, <laughs> uh... I would be rolling. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes, it would. That would be amazing. Here for it. That'd be amazing, amazing. But, uh, yeah. Well, all in all, even if you don't give that pick, thank you for Jalen Brunson. All right? <laughs> yep. And Quentin Grimes. And Quentin Grimes. That's right. Know your history. Know your history. Ryan G, you have anything else to say? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't I don't really have any bro picks at the moment. Cool, cool. No bro picks for Ryan G. Wow, wow, interesting, interesting. All right, cool. Well, we can wrap it up then. Um, that is the show. Shout out to people in the chat. If you love the show, yo, hit the like button, please, please, please. If I'm telling you guys right now, we do post games after every game. We're here talking Knicks basketball, breaking down the game for you guys. But also from now on, those Friday games, those Friday night games, we'll be breaking those games down on Saturday from now on. Unless there's a back-to-back -back that happens where it's like a Friday-Saturday game, then that'll be different. All right? But shout-out to you guys. I'm going to let you know we do do post games at every game, so join us. Next game will be Sunday. We'll be talking about the final game of the season, Knicks versus Pacers. Um, so join us to talk about that game. And then, um, yeah, we, we, at some point, we'll be doing a, a playoff preview where we'll be talking about the playoff matchup for the Knicks and the Cavs. All right. All right. That is our show. Thank you guys for watching. Lee, let them know where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Estribito. Got uh, the biggest takedown of my life for the Mavs coming out in a Guardian this week. It's going to be a big one, a long one, and a hot one. So be on the lookout for that. All right. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was gonna say something, <laughs> but my brain said, "Jealous, don't you dare!" All right. <laughs> 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 no, 
not in 2023, maybe in 2015. Okay, Ryan G, let him know what he can find. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G-I-L-L-I. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And yes, those in the chat, we are load managing before the playoffs. Load management has officially came to the KOT show. Let's go. <laughs> Let's now, go. We're gonna have a show. We're gonna have a show though. We're gonna have a, a big show coming. Yes. There'll at least be one big show coming for the playoffs. So yeah. We'll be low We're working on it. They're, they're, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be Kyrie. It might be like a Luca, you know? Play a quarter <laughs> and a half, you know. <laughs> Type, type a little bit, but all right, shout out to you guys, shout out to all the supporters. Listen, go to the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick and Tom show on Instagram, and Nick and Tom show on Facebook if you want to support the KOT show. Also, listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, you listen to KOT show. Also, you already know the snapbacks are available in black and white, blue and orange. Just go to the Nick of Time show.com to get yours. Hit that catalog button. Boom. Merch pops up right there for your buying pleasure. All right. Cool. Thank you. That is our show. The gunshots are back. All right. Oh, Jay Boogie wants to close. Okay. Hold on. Skirt. I will not. The good good sir Jay Boogie wants to close the show. So we're going to let him close the show. Jay Boogie, uh, I'm not going to be able to hear Ryan G and Lee, but they'll be able to hear you. Salute, 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 three capital S's, blessings, health, happiness to everybody on this beautiful weekend. Hoping everybody enjoying the weekend. Making sure you treat yourself, you know what I'm saying? You deserve this this good time over the weekend to be feeling good for yourself. Shout out to the KOT show. I just want to, you know, make sure I give off y'all the proper flowers for what y'all been doing all season long, giving great content and everything, you know what I'm saying? To get through the rain, you got to be able to get through the mud. Famous words of Denzel. So, you know, you're one of the guys, you know what I'm saying, one of the shows that's been going going through the mud, you know what I'm saying? And you're deserving of this season right here that we have. You're deserving for all the, you know what I'm saying, the great takes, the great shows, you know what I'm saying? You've been bringing forth all season long, you know what I'm saying? You're deserving of that. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing. It's playoff time. When it's playoff time, that's mean it's money time. Right now, it don't matter what happened last night. It don't matter what happened two weeks ago. It don't matter about the seed. Up under that W is a zero. Up under that L is a zero. It's zero, zero. We on our way to Cleveland. Okay, Hit Cleveland, here we come. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> what you don't worry about what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do, we're gonna bring Biggie on that same track that was with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And you know what he did to that. You know what I'm saying? He opened up and telling you, you know what I'm saying, what he was gonna do. This is what the Knicks do up there in Cleveland. When I get get from there, that jersey number, you know what I'm saying, that Ryan Strickland used to wear, and now Jamie Brunson wear, it's 11. But guess what that 11 means? That means if we come back from Cleveland, it's gonna be 1 1. I look the guy had to mm-hmm. one. Come back to the biggest lawyer, most respectful, fair business is, period, in sports. I don't care what, what franchise you like. It's nobody more bigger than the Orange and Blue franchise. And when we get back, we're going to handle our business. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, ones, y'all can stay in that first round. Me, Jay Boogie, I'm already in the second round. Praying and hoping Miami or maybe Atlanta Hawks knock off Milwaukee so we can get home <laughs> court advantage in the, second, in the second round. That'll be a blessing right there. But all along, 
great season from everybody, all the way from James Dolan, all the way to the last man on the G League. This has been a great season that these people have provided for us. And great job to all the podcasters all the way around the board, to all the um, Twitter spaces all the way around the board, and all the people that have been representing in the chats, doing what they're doing, speaking and going from place to place, being subscribed and tuning in, hitting like buttons, doing everything you got to do. What a great season. I just want to call up and, you know, give you some love, my brother. Love you, my brother, JL, and everybody right. you got rocking with you and everybody in your fan base, you know what I'm saying? You're deserving of this great time for the hard work that you already been putting in throughout, you know what I'm saying, years and years and years, you know what I'm saying, and never got, you know, bottled when times weren't good, never gave up, never quit, kept rocking and kept doing what you were doing. That's Stop. why we are so much deserving to be in this position, you know what I'm saying? For all the ones that don't like and where we at right now with the five to 50, hold up. Don't worry, we ain't finished, you know what I'm saying? Everybody have a blessed weekend. I'm going to see y'all game, game after game one. We're going to steal that game. If not, we're going to steal game two after that. But still in all, great season for the team. You know what I'm saying? Everybody continue on being blessed and safe and healthy. Salute, salute, salute. We cap the S. All right. Buffers. Coming here. That's how you do Great show. We had a tell them and Jay Boogie call again today. <laughs> And my guy yeah, from, from from Atlantic South, Jason, too, called in. Brain calls. And it's all right there. I got nothing else to say but this. Shut out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these next YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this mug. Hit that like and subscribe. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.